three, two, one. What's happening, everybody? It's Grim Shady, the Goth Sloth, aka the Fury from Newry, brand new Punkadelic podcast. We're not here to game the run. We're here to run the game. You understand? So what the fuck is going on, everybody? Dude, you won't believe what I just did. I was like, just lying on the fucking, lying on my back uh, in bed here because um, it's got the best acoustics, the bedroom's got the best acoustics in the house. And uh, I was like, right, practice my first line, fucking, you know, like wet my lips, fucking. I was like, right, let's fucking do this. It's like, fucking, go on. So we're swapping from fucking being Donald to being fucking the double D. And uh, it was like, right. Leaned over, rolled over, leaned over to fucking hit record and just full blown turned the machine off. Like a complete brain fart just went for the, like, it's on a completely opposite side of the recorder. It was just a fucking total brain fart. I was dumb as fuck. So probably have to give myself Walloper of the Week all over again just for that one. But not really, actually, because um, the note that I have for Walloper Watch this week is is getting hefty. Um, it might be a little bit... Excuse me, had a fucking mouth fart there. Um, I'll cut that out. We can cut that out in post. I have got a, <laughs> I've got a vast team of editors that will fucking do all these things for me. Don't you realize, folks? Um, so yes, you're very welcome back to the show. As I was going to say there, this might be a little bit more low energy tonight because um, I come be arsed with the uh, the extra hassle of the computer and the soundboard and the speakers and what that entails, like. Like, I just don't think that you guys understand how bad of a setup I am working with here. Like, it's it's not fantastic. Like, um, I think it gets by. I think it gets by, but there's like just a fair amount of fucking tinkering about afterwards and uh, having the sound effects just hanging out on a speaker beside me here, Bluetooth speaker. Although that is super fucking fun, it's just not where my head's at today. So, um, any fucking noise, any noises or bells and whistles today will be. Add it in afterwards, we'll, um, yeah, so the miracle of fucking editing and fucking freeware. Thank fuck. So, uh, I had a look at the numbers also. We're 79 players of this podcast, so, um, it reckons so that the, the machine, the, the, the computer, the analytics the machine, fucking hell. Uh, it reckons that I've got 11 unique listeners, so shout out to each and every one of you. Uh, thanks so much for fucking coming along for the ride. Um, really hope you enjoyed last week's. Haven't had any feedback on it at all. It was like, holy fuck. I was like, that's a genius title for that. Wow. Big pat in the back for myself for that one. And then nobody backed me up on that. So that's cool. That's absolutely totally cool. It's not about the feedback. It's about the creative process for me. So whatever. Um, going to be a good episode today. It's going to be fun. Uh, and we've got a bunch of shit to get to. So I'm just going to start cracking through my notes here which are just like all haphazard out of order just like whenever i think them up during the week write them down and then by the time we get to thursday it's just like oh yeah there's enough shite to get us through fucking 15 20 minutes to start there then we can deal with a larger topic then we can do wallop or watch and then we can just fucking bounce like and that's it you know because what is it fucking james clear always says uh you don't rise to the level of your goals you fall to the level of your system so that's a fucking good quote like when you think about it and um so this is if not an ideal system, then certainly a good one for me for right now. And uh, 
yeah, thanks for listening, folks. And I just I hope you're getting something from it as well. What about me teaching his Irish last week? That was good crack. No, I understand that the production on the intro jingle could have been a lot better, but as I say, I'm recording straight to analog recording device, plugging that into my old shitbox computer and trying to use freeware on it all before the battery in the computer runs out and it'll only fucking charge if it's not on right now. It's like, I've never heard of a computer doing that. I've heard of it just rejecting the battery altogether, but like, anyway, enough about my setup woes. I just want you to understand that art is suffering. Donald Daly, Michael Scott. Um... So yeah, we're gonna crack. We're gonna crack and crack on with the notes here. Um, right. So the crack with Punkadelic podcast is this is just gonna be one of these moments where um, we're just gonna try and speak something out loud and try and manifest it. Like so, the full plan with this is just that. So we reckon I've got about twenty nine episodes planned out right now, and I mean maybe a handful of them are good ideas or whatever, but at least they're ideas that are totally uh, what's the word achievable possible plausible uh one of those and um i'd just like to get the 52 episodes putting out one a week being consistent about it and then you know fuck knows if my heart will still be in it at that stage or if we're getting anywhere or what because like you know listen back to that episode one like it's so bad what the fuck we used to do like it's still the most listened to episode I can't wait until that changes that's fucking that's shocking and uh you know, now, like, it's just, like, we, we fucking stall, we stall for time until I organise my thoughts, and uh, then we do Walloper Watch, and that's it. And, like, you know, I don't know if anybody's enjoying Walloper Watch, or if it's just me, like, but uh, it's just a place to put some fucking negativity for me, like, a good place, I reckon, as well. So, um hope you've been enjoying that. And So, yeah, so the point being there is that, like, I didn't start out thinking, oh, I'll I can make a podcast about wallopers like I was genuinely like like I genuinely do want to talk to you about music and um like particularly my taste in music which doesn't get too often get the kind of critical analysis that I think it should or like be thrown around you know in the right context so uh like the heavier uh, the heavier end of music and whatnot so, but I had the, those lofty ideals but like I'm going with you know what's enjoyable like what's crack for me to sit down to do like it's crack for me to sit down here and just be like what the fuck are these idiots at like and um I hope I hope it's crack for you too just hope the podcast is, is cracked like and um anything that anybody might learn along the way wow what a fucking massive bonus who the fuck would I ever thought anybody would ever learn anything off me except maybe to fucking not smoke weed so yeah long story very short we're gonna the plan is to get the 52 episodes. The goal is... Yeah, so basically the goal is to not give up before 52 episodes. Like, you're telling me I don't have an hour's worth of shit talk in me a week? Come on. Come on. Where's my soundboard? Oh, I need to call this soundboard. I need fucking... Come on, son. I need Ed Lover in the fucking house. <sighs> That's a real shame. I'm sorry I don't have the soundboard now. I'm not stopping to set it up, though. I'll put it in in post. In post. Do you listen to me? Fucking professional. Um, so yeah, we're going to try and get the 52 episodes. So um, basically, the point of saying this out loud is that, um, you know, if you see me in the street, fucking call me out on it. Like, so, well, I mean, fat fuck a chance of that for most of you. But, you know, you can get on my case if I don't like, or if there's fucking two weeks without a show, just be like, what the fuck's going on? So 
just hoping to keep my finger out on this and just keep at it. Like, and uh, like if you hate it, if you think it's brutal, you know, maybe in fifty-two episodes' time, we might have had four or five good ones. So, um, isn't that they call that the rule? The rule of nines. Like for every ten ideas, nine are going to be shite. So, yeah, that fucking bodes well. That bodes real well. Uh, so yeah, as I say, if you see me in the street, cost me out and say, "Why well, haven't you got fifty-two episodes done?" Spit at my. Oh, that was real nerdy. Fucking good. Back to my roots. Um, maybe yes in the future, but just currently very happy with how this podcast helps me organize the fucking um, the chaos up the stairs and like get it out and talk around certain subjects. Because even I don't know like half the time how I truly feel about something until I've talked around the point for fucking five minutes and presented both sides of the argument and then convinced myself one way or the other halfway through deciding that the opposite viewpoint was actually the right one. So... Um, it's good to fucking speak them out and try and make sure you're still making sense. Um, but yes, as I was saying earlier on, I've got a fairly rudimentary setup. Oh, that was a good euphemism. I've got a rudimentary setup. And uh, so basically, first and foremost, we're just going to be primarily a solo cast in the tradition of like your Blind Boys, your Bill Burrs, your Crystalia, your Dan Carlin, you know, like all the people that I'm in the same league as. Um, Oh yes, and as well, I note that the week that I start fucking podcasting, or the week that I told people I was podcasting, because like it took me a month to get the first five episodes together. Um, so anyway, I jump in the game. The fucking everyone sees Big D's flag being fucking raised up the Spotify mast, and history hyenas break up, and Colin Terrell has fucking Doug Stanhope. Stan, bleh, fuck that. Colin Terrell had. Doug Stanhope on his podcast. That's a big gun for him. So um, people are just trying to outmaneuver the D already. And it's like, I fucking love it. I'm ready to step my game up too and possibly turn the soundboard on next week. Oh, shit. So, um, Oh, so Blastcast is fucking all systems go full steam ahead. Thunderbirds are you get it. Blastcast if you um if you haven't listened to my terrible first episode, one of the ideas uh, for a podcast episode on my big giant list of ideas for podcast episodes was um just get fucking stoned and do one and just see what comes out. No notes. No, not even a bullet point, like, not so much as a fucking Oxford comma on a page, just off the top of the dome, fucking freestyle. Which, like, <sighs> could be a great idea, could be a terrible idea, could, I don't know, like, at the end of the day, I just don't think you're ever going to be the very worst podcast that's ever been produced. I think, like, some stupid American fuck will have that covered. Or, I remember I listened to a podcast one time about growing weed, and it was like, I don't know what the fuck the guy was doing, suffocating himself inside a fucking grow tent or having a good old fucking strangle wank. I do not know, but it was horrendous and I never learned how to grow wheat as a result. This is my story. Stole that line from Bill Burr. I realised it as soon as I said it. Like, fuck, that's from his latest special. Which is fucking gold, paper tiger. 
so yeah, the Blast cast is full. Fuck, is it? Ha- it's code green, right? Fucking, it took me ages to come up with a green pun there, and that's because I was watching Avengers: Age of Ultron recently. I don't know, get the fuck on with it. Not at all. People want to know what all of your references are. Fucking move on. So, long story very short. From my birthday the other day, uh, my best mate G got me an edible called the Atomic Wheelchair, which is one thousand milligrams, and it was given to me on the proviso that proviso proviso. I don't know. Um, that it is all consumed at once, and we record and I record a podcast during it. I think I'm gonna have to just be like flying solo for this, like just tucked into the house, thousand milligram edible, couple of good movies, microphone on. So the way I'm picturing it right now is like I'm just gonna sit down for like I don't know, maybe some classic fights, um, maybe uh, also play. So I was thinking of doing. I haven't done like I've spoken about this on the show yet, but I was thinking of doing a watch along of a really really bad ninety sci fi show, which I don't want to give away in case anybody jumps in and steals the idea. Does a fucking watch along of a show, and then I'm sitting here with my deck in my hand, going like, oh fuck. So uh, maybe just like have a couple of interesting things to be watching that I can be fucking talking shit about, and uh, basically just record for it's like it's a thousand milligram edible. Like it, I will be fucked up. Like as as husky of a frame as I have, like there's like, that's damage, brain fucking damage. I could not be more excited. So maybe just going to sit down, as I say, mic on, and then just let it roll. Like I can let this rip for like four or five hours, no sweat, and um, cut it down to like the highlights or whatever. Like I don't know. I'm obviously not going to put out five hours of me being fucking baked off my tits. You know, I'm not Elon Musk on Rogan's show. Is that a good joke? I don't know. Uh, yeah, so Blastcast fucking got the fucking double Dr. Green thumbs up on that one. And um, I'm excited. Like, I ain't fucking fat. Edibles don't work on me. Like, any time I've ever had them, it's just been like... <sighs> Just hand me the fucking skins, you know. <laughs> There's just like, I'm sorry, I can't even fucking help it. Like, um, maybe it fucked me up now because I've been keto for a month and a half with an horrible wobble for a whole bunch of ice cream birthday cake. There's only basically an ice cream cake. Oh shit! So as I say, my mate bought me an ice cream cake for my birthday. I brought it around to a safe fucking COVID bubble gathering of no more than six people, and that's true. I'm not being sarcastic. Okay, it's just like. In case anybody freaks out, I know a bunch of these are listening back home in Ireland and it's rough as fuck back there right now, so not to rub it in. But anyway, long story short, got me cake from Dairy Queen's, ice cream cake. And he had asked him to write on happy birthday, Big D. But person on the other end of the phone must have just heard what they wanted to hear. So when the cake got here, it said, happy birthday, Big Dick. <laughs> it was just like, oh, it's fucking hilarious because it's not even nearly true. Um, So yeah, blast cast, fucking, I'm excited. Uh, I wanted to take a second as well to talk to you about Walloper Watch, which is like, as I mentioned already, something that I love doing. Um, but just in case, it, I'm concerned that maybe people aren't getting it, and maybe people are like, fuck, he's a bit, you know, he's on his high horse there, like, what the fuck, who's he to judge? Like, see, for me, there's like, like when I call someone online a Walloper, like, I know what I'm saying, like, I have the definition locked down. But you might not know exactly. So it's not like just a straight up negative person. Like, like that's just a hater. Okay. A walloper, I find just to be different from a hater. Um, there is a certain nuance to the walloper game. Uh, subtleties, intricacies. It's more like, it's way more of like, there has to be an air of like a smug, 
entitled, you know, sitting back, crossing their arms, smile on the face, read their own comment over, hit enter, and be like, I contributed to society today, like, by fucking... I, like, we'll get to what, like, we'll get to them later, but just wanted to put these, put it there, it's like, smug, entitled, I am contributing, but really what they're doing is writing comments online, like, like, just that kind of vibe, more like a waste of space, head melter, lug weather, space invader, just like, I don't know, a waste of sperm might be a good term for it. Um, and look, just keep tuning in, just keep listening, and each week you'll, your walloper, door does that work is that something <laughs> i've been to some tuesdays with stories recently you can tell i'll just tell you when i steal stuff from comedians okay i can't help it like i'm just jacked in the podcast all the time so fuck all else to do and um so it's gonna come out like that like i can't even help it sorry um and last point before we move on is that uh the situation with the, I know it's February 2021, okay? I understand that. I'm on board with what date it is. But I haven't decided or, like, even really gotten close to, much less told anyone about, much less made a podcast about what the rock and metal albums of 2020 were. And, I mean, you can look up for yourself what they were, but, like, the good ones, the ones that are worth talking about. Um, so... It's just rough. I just, I don't know. Like, I'm honestly, this might be just my fault. Like, maybe it just was a shite year for music and I'm just not getting it. But I just always feel like I'm just not putting enough effort into listening to it to find out. So, um, maybe I'll give you the short list here and just say that I'm closing in on coming up with five or six pretty solid ones. But this is the fucking problem. Last year, everyone's album was fucking solid. No one's was like, knock you down, fucking get you up out of your chair, kick you in the teeth, DJ lethal, bring it home. Like, there was fucking, there was nothing to fucking grab you by the nuts. I didn't think, okay, I'm still working on some of these albums. Some of these are quite proggy albums, so you know yourself when it's like, that kind of vibe, it's like tasting all time to digest. And then there also just is, there's like a serious amount of them on this list here that I want to get through. So, um... Let's go through it here now. So Havoc, Havoc with a K. Um, they're like a thrash band that I want to like so hard, but um, the vocalist fucking turns me right off. It's like when thrash bands delve too close to black metal vocals, I'm not really into it. Like, and I know that might sound like a hypocrite because I love Revocation and he does a bunch of black metal vocals, um, like the Shrieks. But like he mixes it up with the growls and clean singing and revocation have a bunch of like gang chants, which I fucking like too. And then they also bring it home with like cock rock 80 solos in places. So I don't want to, I don't want to be a hypocrite, but, um, Havoc's vocalist, it doesn't do anything for me. So I'm not really into it. Uh, Shrapnel, really, really solid thrash album. Like pretty fucking, like they're pretty fucking heavy, but like what the problem with a lot of modern thrash is it's like that kind of fucking nuclear assault. Uh, not so much percussion but artillery behind it and there's nothing anthemic about it now i'm not saying it has to be the black album i'm not at all i'm not saying a thrash has to go like that but like look at megadeth's dystopia album like they're 
were noticeable. There was a sort of a noticeable flow to that album. It sort of ebbed and flowed and had little lulls. And Megadeth's tunes always have that within themselves as well. So um, Shrapnel is definitely one of the albums I'm going to be spending more time with. Uh, Havoc leaves me kind of cold, but Shrapnel I want to I want to give more time to. And um, maybe on the short list, maybe on the albums of the year list when I when I finally decide. Um, Killer Be Kills album. I want to like the long proggy tunes, but I'm finding the fast rippers to be more to my speed. And I've yet to hear the it all culminates in a power ballad dedicated to their dead friend, and I haven't even heard that one yet. So, um, but that's not what I'm looking for from Killer Be Killed. I'm sure it's good, and I've got Troy Sanders on vocals, so I'm sure it's moving and anthemic and all the rest. But um, and kind of looking for a bit of craziness there in the way that Wings of Feather and Wax was like kind of crazy, but was tempered by, you know, being structured like a pop song and having a fucking verse, or not a verse, excuse me, all songs are verses to you fucking idiot. Um, like a real strong chorus to shout along with. Um, now, Mr. Bungle's album from last year, which might be an EP or might be recordings of demos or something. I think there's something weird about it. I just, I can't remember specifically right now, but I don't feel like this is just... Uh, a straight up studio album from them uh, I don't even know what it's called and if I go touching into these songs right now it'll start playing them and I don't want that uh, so anyway Mr Bungle I want to like them so hard It's uh, for this album it's Dave Lombardo on drums, Mike Patton doing his fucking crazy yappy stuff which is you know uh, I guess an acquired taste but it's a taste that I, I think I'm ready to acquire and you know is just it's a different, it's like a day out from what regular thrash vocalists sound like, particularly modern thrash vocalists, as I say. So I um, definitely want to spend more time with that record, but it's like pretty much dialed up to 11 all the way through from what I can tell so far. And it's just like that constant, constant fucking thrash beat, which, you know, could be done with being varied up a little bit every now and then. It's just like, like this is just too much like... So there you go, perfect thrash beat. <laughs> Played on a thigh. <clears throat> uh, Spirit Adrift, such a solid band. Solid, solid. Just can't say they're excellent. Like, you know, don't like, uh, watch them do a live stream as well. <laughs> they're just like horribly uncharismatic lads. Like, there's no solos. It's all like harmonized leads. And um, it's like a seven out of 10 album, I'd say. It's like definitely sound if you if you want to get stoned and like listen to stoner rock. That's a real good one because it like veers more towards trad metal. So you get bit closer to a bit faster a bit more interesting um but solid band seven out of ten album all the way through i'd say and it ends in i think in a big 10 minute or which i always like um lama god solid album just completely solid no complaints here but like well i was gonna say no complaints here and then just start complaining but I, it just is solid it's fine like memento mori good gears good reality bath good new colossal hit pretty good um, Poison Dream with Jamie Jasta pretty good, the one with Chuck Billy I believe is like 3 Minute Rager so that's pretty good Bloodshot Eyes, oh I do like that one, that's very fucking good yeah just solid, pretty great album but like nothing that I'm writing home about you know, it's like there's no redneck on here there's no fucking desolation on here that's got something that I like, really look forward to live Ozzy Osbourne, solid solid album as Post Malone and Elton John featured on it, the band is Chad Smith from the Chili Peppers and uh, Duff McKeegan from Guns N' Roses. Uh, so can't really fault that, but like, is it 
great. Is you know, honestly telling me this is anybody's favorite album? Is this anybody's favorite Aussie album? Much less their favorite album. Full stop. I mean, you'd have to be pretty fucking sad, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you though? Like I sort of am coming to the realization that I might prefer. Oh, fuck! It actually sounds crazy when I say it out loud now that I'm stoned. So maybe not. Maybe it's not true. But I was feeling like this earlier. It's just like. I can't believe I neglected Ronnie James Dio Sabbath for so long and I kind of just love it way harder than any of the Aussie stuff right now. Regularly had the Heaven and Hell album on in the house, as in Black Sabbath Heaven and Hell 1980 and like Neon Nights, that fucking, what would you even call it? It's like a bridge, a pre-chorus where it's like circles and rings, dragons and kings. It's like fuck and the riffing is all so tasty. The album, like, Lonely is the Word is to die for. That jam at the end is fucking sick. Die Young is on there, which is, like, super gothic. Um, Children of the Grave, Heaven and Hell itself, obviously. <sighs> so, don't know. Just been playing it a lot more often myself recently, for whatever that's worth. And um, taking nothing away from fucking Aussie Era Sabbath. I'll say this in defense of Aussie Era Sabbath. It's far more of a vibe on Mushrooms. So do with that information what you will. Um, Ronnie James Dio, just holy fuck, what a talent. I can't believe some of the fucking vocals on that Heaven and Hell album. There's one part where he fully, fully, fully sounds like a girl. like, And you're just like, what? And it's like, turn the head. and, But it's not. It's just Ronnie just being a fucking legend. like. So that's pretty cool. Um, Unleash the Archers. Now look, here's the thing, mate. I never wanted to be sitting down recommending anybody power metal. But I heard a lot, a lot of buzz about this album. Like one of the editors of Metal Hammer, not Metal Hammer, but the, the online one, Metal Sucks. Um, it's an ironic name, don't shit yourself. Uh, listed it, I think, as their number one album of the year. So I was like, what the fuck? They didn't make Black or Death or Gore Grind their album of the year? Like these fucking hipsters. Okay, let's see what this is about. So, I mean, it's a female fronted Canadian power metal band. So it's just like hypersonic guitar solos, sweeping keyboards, major vocals, epic, 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 super glossy production, everything just like in your face, tight, you know, absolutely no soul whatsoever. No, I'm joking. It's actually pretty cool. Like, I would say check it out. Like, if you're looking for something um, fast and thrashy, that's some great chuggy thrash bits. Like, and that's what that's what I'm thinking about it. And uh, it's just that I never, ever, ever hear power metal that i think is good so i'm so shocked and um i'll go back to this album once or twice and see if there's anything in there that i really want to carry forward with me but um yeah i mean i actually look forward to those just because like it's cool to hear what fucking hyper level shredders are up to and these guys seem to definitely have that in their guitar player and keyboardist and the singer is fuck she can wheel uh testament's album seems to be really really solid as well um Maybe not quite as good as the last one for my money. Um, what was that? Brotherhood of the Snake. Or am I thinking of the one before that? No, Brotherhood of the Snake, definitely. Uh, Brotherhood of the Snake, great album. But this one, whatever this one's called. Uh, I have no idea. Um, pretty fucking cool. Typical Testament. And uh, just good to have Testament still around. Because like Practice What You Preach is... Pretty much the best thrash tune of all time. Blackstone Cherry, anytime this comes on the list on Shuffle, I basically just have to fucking skip forward through it because as much as I love them, I want them to lean more into their Pantera, Lodier, Metallica 
um, influences, but they always go towards, or they've just been going towards. Certainly, this album. Excuse me, I want to. I do want to express myself clearly here. Um, this album seems to be leaning more towards like the Allman Brothers, um, like jam band sort of stuff. And not to say that there's like long jams on it or anything, but it's just like a little bit low, more low key and dynamic and like less metal, which is you know a bad thing in my book. Okay, so w- probably what I think I'll end up naming my favorite album of the year is Intronaut. Intronaut's album, which is called Fuck Day. Come on, son. Come on, son. Wait, what is this album called? Oh, yeah. Oh, not a bit of wonder. I couldn't remember this. Fluid Existential Inversions. Now, I have a weirdo history with Intronaut because I heard that their album that they put out in 2013 was good, so I downloaded it, burnt it to a CD, hello, shout out fucking 90s kids, and um, it fucking stunk. Oh my god, it was fucking brutes, brutal, brutality. Like, you know, very, very not, very, very bad, like, Bismillah, no, we will let you go because that album was shite. Um, but then intro note kept popping up all over the show and I was like right I'll see what the fuss is about again and so it turns out now looking back on the sweep of their career that that was a horrible experiment with whatever clean textures and stuff that they were doing there um, and now they've managed to round out their sound way 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 better the album before this is fantastic also and um, I think I lean slightly more towards this one being the better of the two so intro note if you don't know they're like Prog metal band, 100% take the same drugs as Mastodon, um, but have a much more modern and uh, bright and polished production job. You know how, like, Mastodon just don't, like, their production is weird as fuck. It bothers me so much. <laughs> um, but, like, I do like, like, now that I'm a big Mastodon fan, I do like that it's unique for them, but it's like, all oh, guitar and drums, the bass player might as well not fucking be there, and just, like, their arrangements are so crazy that. But point being that Intronaut are on the same kind of vibe. Uh, insanely talented prog metal players. Um, I think there's a keyboardist and I think... Uh, no, I know for a fact the bass player plays a fretless bass. Which always brings a different bit of flavour to rock and roll. Like, you notice it so much. It sounds like so stupid, but it's so fucking jarring and different in your ears that... Um, just, to, just to change things up for a while, you should just fucking listen to this album and be like, Oh fuck, that's weird. Um, but I love this album. Like, there's right. So straight up, there's a song called "The Cull" where they go for like really, really heavy vocals, and I'm not into it at all. I, like, what I think I'm gonna do is probably make a playlist of the album without that on it, and then this will be. And then once I've heard that three or four times, I'll be like, "Yep, yeah, album of the year, bingo." So it's nine songs long, very like moody, atmospheric. Drops into very jazzy bits, a lot of jazz influence, but I feel like they're big time students have mastered on and they're not afraid to let it chug for a while there's a song on here called tripolar and it um, it fucking goes off at about two and a half minutes through i think exactly at 2 30 actually because i'm a nerd and uh, i was telling someone earlier so check that out not the song the cuddle on the head because they're I just don't feel like the vocals suit them. I feel like it definitely sounds like he's straining to do them. So it's like, right, well, if they're straining, if you're straining to do them and it doesn't sound that good, that's not it off. So maybe when I listen to it all back, it makes sense in the sweep of the album. I don't know. 
Um, it feels like it's probably a concept piece as well, uh, but it's going to take repeated listens to get that out of it because I think there's fuck all press on Intro Not. They're not super famous at all. So uh, get on the ground floor or something real fucking cool. Oh, they're on Metal Blade Records, so they must be fucking making, making strides now. Metal Blade's a big one, right? No fuck all about labels since Roadrunner folded. Nothing. Um, so yeah, Fluid Existential Inversions. Wait, was that even the name of it? I can't even. It's a fucking complicated one. Too sciencey. Oh shit! So <laughs> basically, at the opposite end of the metal spectrum, um, and one I'm big, big into, and I would fucking. I hope these guys have a long career. Certainly, I don't know how long this type of music has left. Like realistically, but I hope these guys get the fucking play this type of dirty black and roll for as long as they want. They're called Video Nasties. They're from Liverpool, and it's like slightly when i say black and roll it's like slightly black metal you can hear black metal influence but it's mainly like it reminds me of a carcass if, if you imagine a genre that's carcass and roll like groovier carcass and um they're obsessed with horror movies and they've all like john carpenter style samples and little synth intros and just cool fucking record stay gold great song hanging tree awesome the record's called dominion and um, viva death might be my favorite song on the album um stabbing nightmare what a fucking name for a song well fucking done boys i love this record if i was a fucking uh vinyl wanker i would want to own this one uh, on vinyl for sure um that's actually a standout. So those two are standouts for sure. Intro Not and Video Nasties. It was nice to have those stand out in a year full of fucking muck. Um, okay, Cavellar Tech's album is pretty good, but uh, the thing with Cavellar... Excuse me, this is a hard one. They're Norwegian, okay? Cavellar Tech, the hard one there is that uh, they're Norwegian as fuck. Like, look at the name of these songs. Rogaland, Necrosoft, Discord, Bratabran, Juglas Hegemony, Fandan de Detehul, Helvling, Steven Mot Med Satan, Delirium Tremens, Ved Breden Av Nile. Like, come on the fuck. Um, and one's called Crack of Dooms, the one song they've ever recorded in English, and it has Troy Sanders from Mastodon on, on vocals, so fuck he gets around, doesn't he? Um Seems solid. So hard to remember which is which and what you've heard because you know you have no clue what's going on in the vocals at any stage. Um we'll definitely revisit this one. Um, before I present my findings and see what's going on. Because Cavellar Tech are usually pretty dependable, but I believe there was a vocalist change before this one. So let's see. Right, so next up is a band. Next band on the list is... I know I said this was a shortlist, but this is my shortlist, okay? Um, this was put together by combing through Metal Sucks, Metal Injection, Louder Sound, Metal Hammer, Classic Rock. Actually, that's probably it. Maybe had a look at more Fuzz and Angry Metal Guy, but like those blogs are for fucking wankers. So I just like if you're gonna write a blog, like don't, just don't disappear completely up the arsehole of one genre and just exclusively be about it. Like don't be afraid of a fucking like if you're writing a Fuzz blog, like about fucking blissed out stoner rock, like I don't know, like fucking listen to video nasties, bro. Fucking get out of the house. Uh, so yeah, next up is Rune Scored, who are like a prog metal band who remind me of. Dream Theater. So, there you go. Like, a little bit more anthemic. Like, if Dream Theater were doing their version of the Black Album, it might sound like this. 
Um, they might also have a bit of a southern vibe. I can't quite recall, but that's a pretty good one. Oh, Billy Club's EP, which I recommended last week very, very highly. Probably one of my, almost definitely going to be one of my top five releases of the year. Don't know what format to do this in. So, like, just like whatever albums like are the proper standouts, come and talk about them in more depth and get into why they're good. I don't know. I don't think these things through that well. Um, Blessed Black. So, Blessed Black. Like, could be the entire problem with the stoner rock genre. And I thought they were. It was like, heard it a while ago, and it's like, at least their guitar player goes for a little more in the solos. I was like, that's all right. This is all right. I'll put this in the albums list and we'll go for it. And the album's called The White Wolf or The Black Gate. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I think it's called The White Wolf. And it's, it's got a dope stoner rock cover. I mean, obviously, like, all stoner rock has fucking awesome coverage, but. Not, not always does it have awesome music. So this is like... Oh, the album's called Beyond the Crimson Throne. Fuck, I love that. So it's got like some space cunt on a throne, which is like made up of like Giant's Causeway and stuff, and it's all on like red mist, um, and it's in space, and there's like Avatar Mountains and planets behind him. That's actually pretty savage. Love to see that blown up. My old ass stone eyes can't fucking see a thing. Is it a space guy? Yeah. I think that's a fair enough term for him. Look that up yourself and tell me what you think. Beyond the Crimson Throne. Fucking dig that. Sounds like the book that Mandy was reading in Mandy. What was that called? The Seventh Serpent or something. Fucking sick. Um, Bless Black. So this record, I was going to condemn it to the shit heap. Because once or twice I was listening to it and it wasn't there. Uh, it just didn't do anything for me. But heard it the other day when I was having fucking good old-fashioned Saturday morning joint in the shower and like I mean so it's great because I've got a fucking shower speaker which is waterproof and has five light modes in it so there's two there's like three levels of light and then there's two flashy modes and you can have a go strobe um you can have a go schizo or you can have a go chill out SOS so it like flashes like flash 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 and then but like the flash, 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 the, 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 oh, I don't know, whatever, it doesn't matter, the slower ones were like lining up perfectly with the riffage on the Blessed Black album. I think I listened to maybe the whole thing. No, that can't be right. That's like a 35 minute album. No, that can't be right at all. Oh, maybe I started halfway through for, for, with the tunes that I'm not too familiar with. But, um, yeah, listen, if you like Stoner Rock, um, there's a good recommendation for you. It's got at least the guitar players trying a little harder than most bands in the solos. So that's all I can say about that. Stoner Rock, but you get a little bit more bang for your buck in the guitar solos. So happy days. Happy fucking days. Uh, Fallen Torches by Mastodon's on here. I mean, I know it's like a B-Sides collection, but I just wanted to have that song in there. Pretty great song. Does exactly sound like it fell off Emperor of Sand somewhere. But then when you think about the flow of Emperor of Sand, where would you put it? I could happily have had Fallen Torches on there instead of maybe Precious Stones. But like for me, that's the only disposable track on Mastodon's Emperor of Sand. It's easily my favourite album of theirs. Yeah, Fallen Torches. Cool. Like, just cool that we got to hear it. You know, fucking shite when the cut songs, you know, get to hear them. Um, next album up is The Struts. Okay. And I'll tell you, <laughs> I'm so sorry to be a negative Nancy about this. Like, I am trying to bring you new music though. Like, I'm trying to get you, like, here are albums you can listen to if you like the sound of this. I'm just going to tell you straight up. The problem with The Struts album is 
it starts so fucking I was gonna say gay, but like it's twenty twenty one. Try harder, Donald. You can. It starts so fucking sissy. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, it's it doesn't come in with a wallop. Like their first album started with Roll Up, right? And then had something else, another but another straight banger, and then Kiss This, and it's like holy fuck, what a one two three punch that is mental to start an album like, and then I think maybe the fourth one slowed it down, um, but. This one starts with a feature from Robbie Williams and it just, I don't know, I like it. I Maybe I'm just a victim of my own fucking tastes, but I like it when the struts are like Primal Scream covering the Scissor Sisters fucking cocky strutting themselves. But like this, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's the lyrical matter. It's like strange days. Did they write this in lockdown? Did this all just get thrown together? What's the crack here? I didn't read anything about this album. Wait, hold on. There's one there. The Struts with Phil Collin and Joe Elliott and Tom Morello features on here as well. I will have to listen to this in more detail clearly. Albert Hammond Jr. Isn't he one of the Strokes? <laughs> strokes stink. Listen. It's 2021. If you still like the Strokes, you have to get out. You can't come to the party. Alright, I'm sorry. They had, they're done. Alright, it's over. And yes, Limp Biscuit will be playing at the party. So, um, so yeah, the struts. I all right. I won't shit on it. I'll just say that I probably need to take that Robbie Williams tune off and listen. Try and listen to the, try and get the rest of it consumed because like Tom Morello, Def Leppard, ugh, the Strokes. Um, fair enough. Okay, yeah, that's probably good. Like the struts' first album is just like untouchably fucking great, though. Like. Just like, as I say, Primal Scream covering Scissor Sisters tune, total Queen vibes, total, uh, I don't know, just like glam is 100% the word, fucking brilliant. Wasn't there a fucking lyric on the first album that was like, sex crazed tiger filled with dynamite? It's like, yeah, who is this girl? I want to meet her. Um, next up was Trivium, which was like possibly the thrash album of the year. Um, has some orchestral flourishes, I remember, and also there are female vocals on one of the tracks. So, um, I thought that was great. I was actually really, really. Oh shit! I'm thinking of the wrong cons. Uh, this Trivium album, I don't really know anything about. I'm not really a huge Trivium fan. There's usually one song on each of their albums that I really, really, really fucking like. Like it was Strife off that one album, and then the one after that, it was uh, Silence in the Snow. Oh. Donald, cut a sound clip from Silence in the Snow, the chorus in there. Well, I don't know enough about this Trivium album yet. They just don't really do a whole pile for me, but we'll have it on someday and I'm doing something else and we'll go from there. Uh, Massive Wagons, I want to like because they're like Ginger Wildheart's best friends and they seem like just like good English lads putting out fucking positive, uplifting uh, rock music, but by the same token, I don't know, again, this is, I could just be a victim of my own taste, and my own tastes do run to the heavier, and just seem to keep getting heavier as I get older as well, like, you would think that that would stop when I'd start getting into fucking Bruce Springsteen or something, but, I don't know, I honestly, like, hearing fucking guitars playing in major keys, like, it just makes me turn this album off every time, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this? Shite, God, God, but, um, need to give up more time, 
obviously, if they're good enough to back up the wild hearts, they need more attention from me. So I'm just trying to make a laugh there. Don't fucking put any stock into that. Uh, Haken, like you always hear about Haken being the next big thing in prog metal. Um, H-A-K-E-N, if you need to spell that. And then what got me in the front door with this album was the fact that there's a five-part, 25-minuter on here called Messiah Complex. I-I-I-I-I-3-I-4. And I can't even see the whole titles here, but they all seem mental. Ivory Tower, A Glutton, Marigold, The Sect, Ectobius. Like, what the fuck? But, um... I don't recall being too taken with that when I did when I did give that the once over. So um, we'll go back and see what's going on at them. It's like Haken and is it Tala? There's a couple of young buck prog bands that might have promise, but I'm not really sure about. And are they the ones that have Mike Portnoy's son playing drums? I don't know. You figure he's probably pretty good at drums. Oh, so yes, so. Sepultura was the album that it meant. I thought their covers looked very similar when I was talking about Trivium there. Um, so, real good. Thrashy as fuck. Real fucking fast, heavy um, orchestral flourishes at some points. Definitely one of these tracks has uh, has female vocals on it here. I'm looking at it on Spotify and I don't see any features listed, but whatever. That is what it is. Um, yeah, definitely recommend that Sepultura one. Um, Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown are a band that I want to like more than I actually like, but like he just, just seems like such a cool guy. And the backed up SEDC and Slash, and um, I enjoyed immensely their EP. So, is this their debut album then? I don't know. I feel like their EP was a good couple of years back, so um, maybe I'm just out of the loop on them. Have not given this enough attention to say one way or the other whether it's good or bad. And again, I'm up against the fucking algorithm on Spotify here as well. I was going to yap about this last week, but then I was like, fuck, maybe I shouldn't yap on the podcast. Um, but then I see Blind Boy tweeting about it, so I was like, right, fuck it, let the yapping begin. Um, Spotify, make shuffle proper shuffle. Like, don't just play me the ones that I've played before because you think I like that more. Uh, that fucks me off things. I have to keep taking my fucking phone out of my pocket and pressing fucking forward. Like, first world problem, yes, but I'm just telling you, that's the fucking issue that fucking nerds have with your service, all right? This is why we still have fucking iPods. You know, because who the fuck doesn't want to hear? What was it blind boy said? Lady Gaga next to Marilyn Manson B-sides. Or am I popping myself into that story because Marilyn Manson B-sides are always the thing that comes on on my iPod and shuffle. It's just like, oh. The, the Pirate Bay letting you download discographies is responsible for some amount of shite being on fucking hard drives as as long as I live. Um, Corey Taylor's solo album. Like, you would have thought that that would have got a bit more buzz or whatever. I mean, fucking hell, it was marketed heavy enough, you know? Um, you couldn't listen to a rock song on YouTube for about three weeks without fucking his songs coming on straight after. So, uh, wanted to like it more, but just haven't heard anything that really fucking tucked me in about it. Uh, see, there's a track there featuring Tech Nine. I mean, that might be interesting enough, but um, is that really enough to sustain us over the course of a whole album? Um, I think the wrestling, the wrestling shtick that he's doing with it is funny enough, and he's got a belt and he's put together a band or whatever. But uh, just get. I was, I was gonna say, you know, I'll, I'll try to be fair to this album. I'll give it another crack, whatever. But I don't think I'm gonna do that. I'm just like, listen, Corey, get the fuck back in the studio and make a fucking double concept record and make one of them fucking balloons at the back with the fucking electronics play keyboards and do something fucking interesting with them if necessary and i don't know just fucking more slipknot less fucking around that 
Jesus Christ, would anyone like to start a podcast with me called More Slipknot, Less Fucking Around? That's fucking gold. Take that to the fucking patent office. Um, who could present that with me? I don't know, any metal personalities at the minute all fucking stink. Wouldn't want to go in with one of the big boys, Lars Ulrich or fucking Paul Stanley. That'd be shite. Well, not that I guess I don't have to worry about it, but in an ideal world, I don't know who would be the co-host of More Slipknot, Less Fucking Around. Stumped. Haven't read a metal magazine in ages. Don't know who's good crack anymore. Just going by the music. Just about the music, man, you know? Uh, right, fucking skates, uh, Code Orange, bit fucking crazy for my liking, um, certainly on the album before, need to give this one more attention, obviously so many places were calling it album of the year, and it's a step up for metal, and it's step forward for metal, and fucking hell, it's step everywhere, step, 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 um, right, so sounds great, just haven't had time to digest this one either, because like any time it comes on, it's just like, oh, that's a bit much. But would like to definitely would like to see what the fuss is about. Uh, Carcass put out an EP last year, which doesn't I think I've listened to a few times. Certainly, I've tried to listen to a few times. Um, just doesn't seem to be up to the scratch of Surgical Steel. But like, what the fuck, Cod? That's a pretty fucking great album. Um, Gargoyle, like, uh, so that's G A R G O Y L. Um, I want to like so hard. I want to like these guys so much because it's Dave from Revocation, and he is. Like, so supremely talented as a guitar player and a writer that it's fucking bats. But it's just, like, the point of the music is to turn half the people that listen to it off. And what I mean when I say that is, like, you know how Alice in Chains music makes you feel seasick and there's these weird bends and dissonant chords and, like, you can imagine then what Dave brings to the table on that front being Berkeley College jazz educated and, like, really, really, really talented jazz player too. Um, so there's so much dissonance and weirdness and it's just like makes you feel uncomfortable so if you dig that kind of thing this is probably right up your fucking alley like if you really 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 love um, Alice in Chains I'd say check out Gargoyle for sure um, Blood Incantation are just a death metal band that I want to like way more than I actually like um, their last the last track on this album is so it's a four track album the last track's an 18 minute or the one before that is like purely ambient and keyboards and shit so it's like super concept piece and it's about uh i don't know i think it's about aliens built in the pyramids because it's called slave species of the gods is the track name um the, the track names are slave species of the gods the giza power plant inner paths to outer space and awakening from the dream of existence oh awakening from the dream of existence to the multi-dimensional nature of our reality mirror of the soul so that's the full title holy crap and the album's called hidden history of the human race so um it falls down immediately for me because it does the thing that immediately turns me off death metal bands and i'm just like okay i can't get on board with however good the music is here because it comes up to the microphone while the music is just starting and it goes Bleh! and then you know they start with a blip I just, I'm not into that, like, and nine times out of ten when a band starts with a blip, I'm out. I'm just out, like, so, yeah, maybe they're absolute instrumental fucking geniuses. Maybe this album is transcendent and takes you away to different fucking dimensions inside your own head, but, uh, it's just another case of, like, impenetrable death metal vocals just stopping insanely talented musicians from being appreciated. 
and pressure cracks EP. So pressure cracks are like a metalcore, like real hardcore, post hardcore. I don't know that kind of vibe. You'll know now. I want to tell you who's in it. So it's the frontman from Let Live, Jason Allen Butler, and all who's also from the Fever Three Three Three. Um, pressure cracks awesome, way better than Fever Three 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 for my money. Like Fever Three 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 just tries to do too much emotional stuff, and I wish they were just a little bit more hardcore. I basically just wish Let Live hadn't broken up or even gone down the road that they went for their last album. I just wish that it was the blackest, beautiful time all the time what a fucking record um, but pressure cracks i'm a very big fan of they've got two four track eps i'm not sure who the rest of the guys are in the bands but they're um they're like a super group a post-hardcore super group so like they're, they are all famous from other bands so maybe like some of those check that out it's fucking in your fucking face if you like let live this is different but equally intense um, and then Fever 33 put out an album last year, which I haven't really had time to get through, like, at all. Don't know. Uh, maybe I've heard Bite Back, but, oh, actually, I'm pretty sure I have heard some of this. Um, and what I would say about that one is, on first impressions, it does feel like it's better than their first record. So, whether or not that bears out over the course of the whole album, I would have to stop and sit down and get into it as was the case with all these albums you know i know i've been going on now for a while about this but I just like this is literally the short list is that the end of it now yeah so the last album then on the list is a uh, body counts carnivore so i'm a massive fan of fucking body counts uh most recent the one before this the, the comeback album which had like dave mustaine introducing like a track in like a conceptual way and have, i can't even remember if there was any more guests worth talking about but that wasn't the point like they were just fucking great ice tea was pissed off his lyrics were so, his his lyrics were so fucking good um black hoodie no lives matter like these were those were tunes for proper political times so i highly doubt that this is any different we see there that we've got riley gale rest in peace um featured on a track jamie jasta featured on a track amy lee featured on a track so there you go it's pretty fucking oh that might be a might be a new metal vibe That'll be interesting. I'll definitely listen to that one. It says here, Ace of Spades. Hopefully that's a cover. They had a cover on the first record, didn't they? That was Slayer. Um, so yeah, fucking sweet. Got a brand new Body Count album to fucking dig into. Delighted about that, quite frankly. So that's basically where I'm at in deciding what the album 2020 is. So you can't say I'm not thinking about it for you. It's just a work in progress and... Like, if I name something the album of the year, then it's going to just be in my head that I've done that moving forward. Like, I can still remember just, like, off the top of my head, top rock single of 2014, Heaven's Basement, Fire, Fire, Hands Fucking Down. So it's just little things like, like that that stick in my craw. So I don't want to, uh, I don't want to jump out with something and then it not be backed up. Right, so what I was going to do as the meat of this episode, but I might actually just fly through it here, um, was... I saw somebody posting one of those 30-day song challenges the other day, and uh, I've never had the patience to do anything like that on Instagram. Like, nobody cares, do they? But it might be a good enough exercise to be a bit of podcast content, so I've got one here now. 30 days of music, and I've deliberately not looked at this. So this is just going to all... So this, is, so this is just going to be all fucking freestyle. Haven't really looked at the categories at all. I think I maybe saw what the first one was earlier. 
maybe the last one also, you know how you're, uh, he's just always flicked to the first and last to see what the story is. That's like a psychological fucking feeling. Um, so let's go, let's see. So this will see, we'll see who's a fucking music nerd or not. Okay, a song that reminds you of a crush. Um, two in particular would jump out. Um, don't recall the name of it, but it's track six on Arctic Monkey's debut album. And also Fit But You Know It by The Streets. Pretty self-explanatory, that one. Um, day two. The song you would like to sing in karaoke. Well, I'd love to be able to sing Ronnie James Dio songs. So, Rainbow in the Dark would be a good one. Um, Neon Nights, obviously, would be a fucking cracker. Neon Nights actually might have nailed it on the head right there and then. Um don't know it's hard to say like i'm an absolutely brutal singer and i'll absolutely never sing karaoke so um it's not like it's going to come up but like what would i like to be able to sing 100 ronnie james dio that's like if there's ronnie james dio music along i'm like er singing if that makes sense because i don't know all the words and i'm just like fuck this guy can really really fucking hit the notes um bon scott no maybe not bon scott songs maybe brian johnson songs because they're technically harder You'll never beat Bon Scott. Um, a song that reminds you of your best friend. Uh, let's see. Is Rod Stewart, Do You Think I'm Sexy? Is that what you call it? Oh, this is worth looking up, I guess. Rod Stewart. Yeah, there you go. G heart. Oof, oof. Um your favourite cover? Oh um I don't know what my favourite cover is. Limp Biscuit's Faith. I tell you what it's not. Limp Biscuit covering behind blue eyes. I can't believe they fucking waste time playing that live. Piss me the fuck off. Um also, when Corn do another brick on the wall and Jonathan Davis brings out the bagpipes, oh my god, fucking shoot me! <sighs> so, my favourite cover, I don't know. Um, let me have a really solid think about this, though. Black Tide's version of Hit the Lights. There is one picked right out of the fucking bag phase. Wow. The Foo Fighters covering Baker Street is fucking banging. Um, Jimi Hendrix all along the Watchtower is the classic answer I get. Is the like the best cover of all time. Um, Metallica's Sabra Kadabra is pretty fucking tight. Uh, okay, well there's three fucking. There you go. The song that reminds you, that reminds you, high school times, of high school times. Um, anything on the Guns N' Roses greatest hits. Stole this shoplifted CD at about age fourteen, and absolutely never looked back. That's why I was even thinking during your favorite cover, <laughs> um, maybe Guns N' Roses, uh, Live and Let Die, or Guns N' Roses Sympathy with For the Devil. Even though it was like. Uh, 
didn't rework the tune in any way whatsoever. Um, still pretty cool. Um, but that would not be my real answer ever. So don't 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 quote me that if you see me in the street. Uh, the song that reminds you of summer: Nickelback's Rockstar, Nickelback's This Afternoon, Kid Rock's Cowboy, or or what's the other Kid Rock one? That I don't like, really, really like, but I'll just act like I really, really, really like it when it comes on to annoy people. Uh, all summer long, because like obviously it's not his best work. His best work is the Devil Without a Cause album, hands down. So, or possibly the live, uh, live album, live trucker. Seriously, if you haven't heard the Kid Rock live album, live trucker, sort your fucking life out, bro. There's something on that album for absolutely everyone. It's hip hop, it's country, it's funk, it's rap, it's rock, it's fucking. The business, the fucking Pistons beat the Lakers the night before. It's his birthday. Tickets were only $30. It's the last concert Joe C ever did before he died. It is fucking so lit. Do you understand me? Fucking Kid Rock, live trucker. Tell him Double D sent you. The song you haven't heard for a long time. Well, maybe Maggot Brain because I only let myself listen to it twice a year. Um, Just to keep it special. Some things are worth just putting a bit of time and effort into. Um, what have I not heard in a long time? What was I thinking about? I haven't heard it in a long time. Um, I haven't heard Taking Dawn's album in a very long time. I did enjoy that back in the day. Um, uh, I haven't really been listening to much U2 in a couple of years, and I do. I'm still a massive U2 fan, even though my tastes do run just like a lot, lot heavier these days. I haven't heard from In Case of Fire in a long time, and they're on my mind because I've just saw that they released a new song back together after like. 15 years or something stupid um haven't heard have not heard um haven't listened to much darkness recently the darkness are obviously one of my two favorite bands of all time Um, i guess i'll go with i haven't heard uh, the uninvited by alter bridge in a long time now or or much alter bridge I need to get that rectified big time uh, your favorite tv theme song well the simpsons comes to mind the sopranos comes to mind um, Mike Tyson Mysteries comes to mind probably on the strength of the show more on the strength of the theme um, I don't know like our TV themes really that fucking good anymore um, Westworld is pretty nifty Game of Thrones obviously uh, what am I watching right now Tet All nothing, hate TV yeah TV stinks these days Westworld, I don't know. I don't know. Batman, the animated series. No, Spider-Man, the animated series. I, I like Spider-Man better than I like X-Men. The theme music, like... And I don't know if that's because I can't separate the cool factor of it being Joe Perry that plays the Spider-Man guitar theme tune. So, I don't know. But I gave that a pretty good shot at seeing... Trying to come up with an answer for that, I feel. Uh, the first song that plays on shuffle, right? Well, okay. Well, what I'll put on shuffle is the. I'll go to my albums playlist and just see what it puts on. So put on "Turn Off the Lights" by Shrapnel. Sounds fucking muscly. I'm checking that out later for sure. Uh, all right, let's keep going. The song that reminds you of your first love, bite me. Uh, fuck, I don't know. 
whether that was like playing around us or that she liked or what. It's my first love was the sea, and the song that reminds me of it is Sea Shanties. The song with no words, Maggot Brain, um, anything by Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, Paul Gilbert, Ingve Malmsteen, um, what other shredders do I like? Um, those are the main ones, I guess. Petrucci, Petrucci's solo album, the first one was a fucking straight up banger, like, so great. So, yeah, something from, there's bound to be something in there. Um, I, the revocation instrumentals are usually pretty fucking good. There's one called Spastic, and then the, the other one is called, there's one on every album, I believe, so, uh, I don't know. Don't know. The song with no words. Are there any others I can think of? What's your favorite Metallica instrumental? Uh, Orion, obviously. <laughs> she didn't even think about that at all. But not the knock anesthesia, pulling teeth. Uh, the song you know all the words to, Puddle of Mud, Girl All the Bad Guys Want, because it's my life. Um, the song with a long title. The song with a long title. Um, 5,000 Miles, The Proclaimers. Get it? Because it's like a long way to go. Oh, fuck off then. Um, the song that makes you get up and dance. I'm not a dancer. Like, I fucking air guitar and headbang when nobody's watching and I'm so and I'm having a good time. So there's that, like, so that could be fucking anything. It just depends what type of mood I'm in that day. Uh, usually just like a nasty kind of slowish riff will fucking get that reaction out of me though. Um, the song you listen to while driving. Well, I am technically only legally licensed to drive a forklift, so technically none. Um, but a uh, space lord by Monster Magnet, if I had to name a driving rock song. Um, your favorite Disney song. I'm straight. Like, what? What is this? Uh, something from Toy Story. Does that? <gasps> is does does uh, Jesse's story from Toy Story two count? Because that's the saddest thing I've ever seen in any movie, including like the likes of Up and whatever else. Toy Story three, which I thought was shite. Um, when Jesse falls down the back of the bed and the wee girl, wee girl, the wee fucking tart starts getting makeup. Fucking piss me off. Uh, so if that counts, that's emotionally absolutely devastating so perhaps that maybe I'm just not able to think of Disney songs off the top of my head like not a whole new world that's not my scene not fucking what does Bambi get shot to oh where's my soundboard let the bodies hit the floor let the bodies hit the <laughs> the song of sex um, disposable heroes Metallica uh, the song that makes you turn off the radio anything good like oh no Smart ass answer with my girlfriend in mind here. Um, Chris Young, raised on country. A song that tells your story. Good lord, we could be at this one for a while. What is my story? Fucking aspiring but still somehow failing podcaster. Uh, a song that tells your story. Do Cypress Hill have a song called Illegal Alien or is that my imagination? Is odd. Oh, Shit, did I just do a racism? Well, if it's not them, it could be like some dumb rap rock band. But either way, that one. Um, or Kiss from a Rose Seal. A song from a great old movie. The theme to The Great Escape. Straight banger. No questions asked. 
Ask no questions, tell no lies. Uh, the song that always makes you smile, uh, Just Like You by Poppy. It came on on Shuffle the other day and I was so fucking happy. I just fucking love it. It's like if Royal Blood had an extra guitar player, the tones are so thick, the fucking, it's like staccato, it's heavy, but the vocals aren't growly, you can still sing to it, it's got a little bit of lead work, it's just, it's riffy, it's fucking beautiful. All fucking metal perfection. The song that makes you cry, oh my god, without a shadow of a doubt, the one Alter Bridge wrote, When Things Mum Died. Um, It's not Wonderful Life, although that's sad also. Oh, what's the really sad one called? Oh my god, about his dead mum. It's shocking. The opening line is, thanks for all you've done. And uh, when they play it live, when they played it live, when it was close to actually dying, it was the guitarist, Mark's mum. And um, you can like, you can look at the stage and see that, that strategically the lighting designer has created like a dark spot by his amps where he can just stand there and, and, and scratch his fucking eyes out while this is playing. It is bonkers. It's like, it sort of ruins the first Alter Bridge album because you're always just like, okay, okay, we're fucking gonna have to skip when this comes up. In loving memory. How could I not remember that? That is such a fucking devastating. Oh, if you wanna, if you need a good, if you need a good fucking cry, and let's face it, we're going nuts in lockdown here. I've started a podcast for fuck's sake. Like, I have anything to say. Um, yeah, if you need a good cry, Alter Bridge in loving memory. Good fucking lord. <sighs> that. Um, like the one Bono wrote when his dad died. Sometimes you can't make it on your own. That's a pretty cool one. Uh, 100% had tears in my eyes when I saw Nine Inch Nails play Hurt. That's obviously insane. And it's not a Johnny Cash song. If you think. Hurt is a Johnny Cash song. Kill yourself, okay? Um, anyway, enough about songs that make me cry. I got hung up on that one there. Uh, the song that you dedicate to someone special. Um, well, I would have to dedicate in that case. I'll have to be a cheese ball because it's going to be Valentine's Day this weekend. And I would have to uh, dedicate what I think is one of the lyrically the best love songs of all time to my girlfriend. Oh, fucking yeah. But um, that's the Wild Hearts, the only one. So that's from their Hotspot album, which I think is their best. And uh, Scott Sorry on lead vocals. Um, everyone knows Ginger hates singing, so he loves it. One of the band members writes a song and steps up to sing lead. And then at that stage, it was just like, holy fuck, this band is shit hot. Like, we've got three major songwriters, three major singers, one of the best drummers ever. And, like, obviously the guitar playing is fucking shit hot. It, like, they were just... Uh, cooking with fucking gas at that point so um check out the only one and um i don't know lyrically i just like it it's like punk and honest so it's not like super obscure or like this deep fucking metaphor or anything i think the the major lyric is you are the only one that i think about so succinct to the point like it like it a lot um where are we now your favorite french song um l'enfant sauvage by gojira um, your hymn to the 90s, Underworld Born Slippy. I mean, that pretty much sums it up. Or Fatboy Slim right here, right now, provided that was released in the 90s. Or if I had to say an alt rock tune, maybe Faith No More's Epic or Black Hole Sun. 
or Nirvana, something would fit the zeitgeist there perfectly. Obviously, that's maybe too obvious. Um, Eminem. Hard to say. It depends. Like what fucking early, late, mid. Interesting one. Snoop Dogg, Gin and Juice. Your workout song. Domination, Panatera. Fact. Your favorite Beatles song. Um, the reprised version of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Or. Helter Skelter. Your favorite Christmas song. Oh, well, The Darkness, Slade, um, SEDC's Mistress for Christmas. The other Darkness Christmas tune, the live version of the Darkness Christmas tune from CD UK and the one from like last year where they played like not Royal Albert Hall, but a pretty big fucking arena. Look great. Confetti and shit. Boom. Love that. The first song on your shuffle, like you literally did this already. The first song... Oh, so you want me to just do it again? I'll just do it again for shits and gigs. Oh, well, maybe just name a fucking great song because I haven't mentioned it yet. But um, if you've never heard My Dark Place Alone by the Murder Dolls, fucking do it. What are you fucking afraid of? Get after it, you big girl's blouse. You jesse. The song that you hate. I would say, and it pains me to even mention this on my podcast, but maybe the vitriol that it will conjure up in me is worth it. As content, and dude, the Lumineers song "Hey Ho," like it's so terrible that I don't even, I don't even know where to go with it. Like, I really, I really do not. I just know that the lyrics were written by and enjoyed by exclusively fucking simpletons, and I feel like probably they plagiarized them. By going and stealing the homework from the local special school. I just feel like to write a love song and to say, I belong with you, you belong with me, you're my sweetheart. It's just like lowest common denominator, fucking bottom drawer. I was like, what the fuck were you doing? Did you literally just, I don't know. I just don't know. When it comes to writing love lyrics, I much more like the school of the lyric in... Uh, in Heart Shaped Box by Nirvana, which uh, Kurt wrote for Courtney Love and says, I wish I could eat your cancer when you turn black. And that's sort of more where I'm coming, that's the angle that I'm coming at this sort of thing from. So absolutely fucking dreadful, instrumentally, lyrically and whatever. Would love if they all like, <sighs> just sometimes have wet dreams about the Lumineers all dying in a fiery bus crash. Oh shit, but then the song would be everywhere. They play it all. Double-edged sword, D. Double-edged sword. Um, the cartoon song you loved as a child. Uh, Thunderbirds. Uh, Stingray. Scooby-Doo. I actually had my first music ever was a tape of kids' music. And for some reason, I'm pretty sure No by Two Unlimited was on it. So if I can say that, that for 100% sure, boom, that's it. Day 31, 31 days of music. Um, fuck, Jesus, I've talked some shite today, 1 hour 18. I'm sorry, folks, I don't think we're going to get the fucking Walloper Watch this week. Um, 
we'll we'll save that one in the bag. I've had a couple of good ideas for episodes there recently that I'm going to try and put into action uh, sooner rather than later before I cool down on the ideas and then we still have a big list to be working through. So everything's going fucking sweet here. Oh, it just crossed my mind to try and talk for like 10 minutes, talk shit here. Um, eat up a bit of time because then uh, this would be the longest episode that I've ever done. It would be the only time that I've done a full episode in one take with no fucking around. So that's pretty sweet. But I've got a lot of time to cut out anyway, so it's going to bring it right down. So um, enough about me rambling about the edit that I have ahead. We will return for Walloper Watch. I might have a pang of guilt about not doing it for you tomorrow and record it and stick it on. Um, stick it on at the end here. I'm not sure. I'll let you know if that's the crack. If not, um, yeah, fucking thanks for listening as ever. The crack continues. We've got to get the 52 episodes. Get the ideas coming in. If you have ideas, if you need things promoted, if you want 11 people to hear your shit, get in touch with me. I have a platform now. Well, Anchor FM have a platform and I am fucking using it. Uh, so that's it and that's that. You know, what can I say? Happy fucking Valentine's to you as all you fucking filthy animals. So keep the machinery between the greenery. Peace, love, punkadelic. <laughs>